Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. You know, communication and collaboration have always been important in business, but over the last two years, having a great communication and collaboration platform has really almost become elevated to becoming absolutely essential for any business to operate during the pandemic. Now, they're often lumped together under a single label, unified communication and collaboration, but there really is a difference between communication and collaboration and the underlying technologies. And we're finding the enterprise still struggle to get it right. In this podcast, we're going to be speaking with two experts to guide us through this and and understand it better. Kevin Peters, he's the Director of Research and Development for everything new that Unisys is doing with unified communication and collaboration. And Glenn Brumpton, the Head of Consulting Globally for Digital Workplace Solutions. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks. Morning, Weston. Morning, Kevin. So, Kevin, you work on the, the bleeding edge of communication and collaboration, and I know you know, in my simple view of the world, it's basically what we're doing here. We're, we're chatting through Zoom and, and we can see each other with the camera. But what is my experience going to be like in the very near future if I'm looking at the full scope of, of anything we might consider communication and collaboration as I, as I go back into a, you know, a hybrid office? Your experience as an end user, starting off your day, you might be driving into the office, but before you head in, maybe you have an EV um, and you, you didn't charge it last night. Maybe you want to have a charging spot. Maybe it's a long commute. So you're going to potentially even book a spot in the parking lot uh, for EV charging, right? So you can drive in. And then as you arrive at the the location, very little office spaces in the the future world are going to potentially be allocated to just one person all the time. So, you know, you're going to walk in and potentially hit like a virtual kiosk or a virtual receptionist and, you know, badge in. Maybe you've already used UPASS or UTRACE to show your vaccination status if necessary for your company. And you're going to find a workspace, right? And you might do that based on the capabilities of the space you need. Maybe you want a standing desk or a convertible desk. Maybe you need something that has some monitors already there. And maybe part of that day, you're going to need a collaboration suite, right? So there might be a period of your day where you're going to be heads down kind of focus mode on the things you need to work on. And you may have some drive-bys happen where people come and talk to you. But then part of the day, you're going to want to be in a collaborative mode and you're going to need a whiteboard or you're going to need some kind of smart board or a way to interact with multiple people in a single place. And so you're going to book something like maybe a collaboration suite, which is kind of my fancy term I like to use for meeting rooms, where a meeting room is really just about, you know, having an audio call or maybe a video call. It's not actually about collaborating as much. If you just turn it on to the idea of collaboration suites, you're going there to focus on whatever that is you're doing. You're sharing a whiteboard, you're documenting something with a group of people, you're having an in-person meeting even and using the whiteboard live and all that needs to be captured and available to people. Maybe a few people are remote. You need that data later as well. You can record the meeting. You have the ability to export everything you've drawn and all that. So, you know, you're going to need that kind of space. And Maybe you haven't been to the office very often or maybe at all. So you're going to need help finding that office. So you might use like some turn-by-turn directions within the office Mm -hmm. itself to get you to collaboration space on time. And then maybe that room's not available, right? So all this technology and what we're seeing right now is tons of customers have all these room systems that have been sitting for years and just aren't working. So they need to be fixed or they have a problem and hardware fails sometimes, software fails sometimes. So maybe before you're even scheduled to go in there, you know, 15 minutes ahead of time, you get a notice, hey, the suite suite you booked, it's not available right now. Somebody's going over or it's unavailable. Hey, let's, let's find you another one. Here's another room nearby with some capabilities and here's how you get there. 
right? So I see that kind of all-encompassing, you know, being able to do everything you need to do with whatever tools you have. It it's, has so many different parts of the solution in it, but I see that being kind of how your day starts off and how you work through it. Well, let's come back to today. Thank you, Kevin, for painting a picture of the future. Glenn, you deal with delivering communication and collaboration to you know hundreds of clients around the world and you're dealing with today's technology. So in my mind, I'm imagining that that's basically, you know, Teams, Zoom, maybe WebEx, that's what communication and collaboration is for today, is that right? I'd politely disagree. Now, let me try and explain why and then feel free to challenge me. I think the unified communications opportunity and the business challenges that were introduced to those opportunities have been solved during the last decade or you know, 5-10 years. Typically people don't have phones on a desk anymore. You know, people haven't got fixed desks anymore either. I think the more interesting and challenging developments during the last five years or so is how the voice workload has become intertwined to enable that true collaboration. I think that's the difference, right? And this only really became possible with the emergence of cloud-based platforms. And I think this has enabled vendors to link up and connect what were previously, you know, separate discrete products. What vendors are now able to deliver is this cohesive, seamless collaboration experience for users. I think it's worth calling out that not all projects are as mature as others. Uh, as an example, you know, if you look at Zoom, Zoom has typically gone from the uh, voice and video element. That's a good example where Zoom's done that. I think if you look at the Microsoft side, they typically leverage the breadth and depth of Office 365, and that provides the collaboration part of UCNC. So if you look at things like SharePoint, OneDrive Business, Exchange, there's some examples of where Microsoft can build on that breadth and depth and then surface that through Teams. And then add to that, Western, you know, things like backend security, governance, because that governance is demanded now by enterprise solutions. I'm talking about DLP, e-discovery, et cetera. These different services and, you know, enterprise security features are now serviced through that single Microsoft Teams client. To me, this offers a single pane of glass for the end user. And I think a key thing to ensure is obviously successful adoption is ensuring people can use those tools and the familiar using the tools, connecting with colleagues in such a seamless way that it doesn't matter whether at home, at Starbucks, you know, that experience and tool set is the same. As vendors would say, you know, technology should be transparent. Let the people get on adding value, doing more or less, you know, the usual story. And through those tools, which is what the platform can provide. I think the challenge around this, though, is to do it in a more compliant, auditable, secure way. And I think that's the challenge it brings on the collaboration side. Well, I think, Glenn, the picture you're painting for me here is one that uh, essentially communication and collaboration platform isn't just some standalone thing. There's some complexity there. In fact, I'm going to suggest that we break this podcast up into two. We'll, we'll talk this episode here. We'll focus on the first C, just the communication side of things. And then uh, if you gentlemen are up to it, we'll come back and, and have another session where we talk about the collaboration side of things now that I'm seeing the complexity there. So on the communication side, maybe you can give me some examples of of how having a great communication technology and people knowing how to use it can have a real impact on the business. You know, Kevin, could you start us off? Sure. So not too long ago, I went through the process of purchasing a new car, which is <laughs> really different than it was a couple of years ago even. And what, the vendor I worked with, a company called Tesla, probably never heard of them, right? New new startup. But they were really easy to work with. Almost everything was done online. On you know the day I, I get my VIN number and I am told come in at this time for your delivery and we'll get we'll get the car ready and everything. And I came in and there were actually some problems with the paperwork that was done online. Shocker, right? And so 
the delivery person, the, the salesperson at Tesla was working with, they were actually able to, utilizing Teams and a tablet device that they were walking around the parking lot with, we were able to do everything on the tablet. They were actually able to find people to assist via using um, Teams itself. So I don't know the back end of how they were doing, if they were doing you know some kind of flow or automate stuff, but they had digitized their process completely into Teams. So we were able to resolve a couple of issues with paperwork. Very quickly, they grabbed the right people from the right back end team, and we were able to solve that. I actually just re-signed some stuff on the tablet right there, and then I was able to take delivery. And that, that was a huge thing to me. So it's, it's not communications, how you may think of it as, oh, yeah, I had a phone call or I had a video call, but it was finding the right people to resolve a problem. And they did it all in a very quick fashion. Like I've, I've been to dealerships before. Nothing's ever been as easy as picking up a car these days. But that was a huge change for me, just seeing how they did that. And honestly, I've worked on these platforms for so long. You know, I see it elsewhere too. I mean, I was recently at the doctor's office and I heard the little dings of Teams messages going off at my doctor's office. And I feel just a tiny little bit of pride or satisfaction every time that happens, because I know that maybe I didn't work on that exact thing that they're using, but I've done the same thing for other companies. And it's really just so cool to see the work we're doing impacting everyday life. And what I like about those stories, Kevin, is you are describing how the communication, the use of communication tools effectively, having the technology and knowing how to use them, not only help the employee, but more importantly, help you as the customer. So we've gone from you know employee experience, which we're all focusing on, to customer experience and connecting the dots there. Glenn, can you give us an example, maybe more on the back office side of things, of an enterprise level use of, of communication platforms? Sure. Sure, Costco and Western. Yeah, so we recently had a, a client in the UK, major supermarket chain. The head office where a large proportion of the back office staff were located was in central London. But this particular client, they had more people than they had desks. They had around about 3,000 people and they couldn't physically add any more desks because they'd already filled every available office space or meeting room with, with overflow desks, right? So they were already crammed out from a, a floor plan point of view. So this particular client, they worked with us and they created... They called it a, a ways of working program, but a key goal of that program was to enable this flexible working, you know, hoteling, work from anywhere for the 3,000 people. You know, not long if you've got people having to sit on a tube for two hours a day or, you know, get the train, provide this better work-life balance. And this change in, you know, the employees of priorities, I think that's feeding this great resignation, which I'm sure you guys are both well aware of. People now want a job that provides what they need. And that, that could be a lucrative salary, but it could also be things like work-life balance needs, right? And if we can't offer that to employees, then they're going to go and find it elsewhere. And I think that's one of the key challenges, which obviously UCNC can help address. For this client, we, we, we transformed. They had lots of legacy uh, communication platforms. We provided a single rollout of unified cloud-based platform. And this then really facilitated that modern workplace initiative within the client. So the overcrowded floors with lots of desks became these uh, breakout areas with meeting pods. And the office environment was truly transformed. Uh, and it provided that modern, modern flexible way of working. Uh, you know, And previously, people were in the office five days a week. Now they're in the office maybe one day a week. And the rest was just hot desk hoteling. You know, Glenn, you're, you're commenting on the hybrid office. That's making me think about a fear that uh, many enterprises have. If we look back, we've we figured out how to get people to communicate very effectively remotely. You know, looking back at some of the podcasts I did in, in the 2019 era, there was a lot of concern about how do we get people working remotely? Okay, we did it. There's a great experience. We're all enjoying it right now. But there's this fear that as we go to a hybrid office, that maybe the people that are connecting in remotely won't have a great experience. They won't have the same experience parity as those that are in the office. So Kevin, I mean, how do you see these concerns? 
Yeah, actually, uh, just, just like Glenn earlier, I want to challenge a little bit. I, I really expect the people going back to the office to have more of a problem than the people working from home. Oh, interesting. Right? It, not too long ago, uh, I went in November to a number of meetings in person in Seattle. Weird to travel again. Great to see people again. But first day back in the office, bunch of people there, a bunch of VIPs. What happens? All the meeting rooms are down, right? Can't get into the meeting rooms, right? Then what did we end up doing? Everybody broke out of the meeting rooms because they couldn't join the virtual events with the people on video and actually have the discussions they'd planned to have. Everybody just went, sat at desks, pulled headsets out of their bags and started working again, oh my just like they would anywhere else. And so, you know, that... There's a lot to say about that. Uh, you know, we have monitoring of our, our equipment and it just they turned all the alerting off because, well, the stuff's been down for forever because nobody's going in and using it. So turn the rules off, right? Some equipment had grown legs, right? You, you have a microphone sitting on a table. It can grow some legs or a camera can disappear or get unplugged because somebody wanted to use it and they, you know, they came in and they needed the gear and they borrowed it and they maybe forgot to put it back. So we actually have stuff to track that and make sure things are working. We just had, you know, kind of ignored the alerting, I guess is the easiest way of putting it. And not to throw anybody under the bus because, you know, it's just, it, it happens, right? But the great thing is all of our users were able to work really quickly because, uh, and these aren't like IT people, right? These are executives, but they were, they're used to this. They know how to work from a headset. They know how to work from a speakerphone. So everybody just broke out and did it. But this is a big thing we're seeing with our customers right now. We actually have a lot of customers asking for this. You know, not too long ago, we had a customer meeting where their meeting room kept falling offline um, during an event and has, having some kind of localized issue as, as we were going through uh, this, this meeting with them. And so there's you know, 40, 50 people on this call Everybody remotes just wondering, well, why is the room not talking again? Why is the person leading the call from the room gone away? Why did the video go away? It was almost a comedy of errors, you know, of a, you know, a 60 minute call that 25 minutes of it, the room was having issues. And that's not uncommon or even we, we, we've got so many other ways that work has changed that I really expect when you walk back into an office that was designed for collaboration and communication three, five years ago that was working well three years ago, you're going to have a different experience now. Well, I think that's a good point, Kevin. I think there's also the democratization of technology as well. Now, typically someone will sit at home and they expect to use and consume the same services at home as they do in a corporate environment. You know, things like Office 365, Teams, Zoom. You know, again, the pandemic's probably accelerated this, but People are now aware of these technologies and they expect the same technologies and more importantly, the same experience, whether they're in the home or in the office. You know, if I'm at home, I can call my parents on Zoom. Why can't I call them from the office? Or if I do call them from the office, why is potentially the experience not as good sat at my desk in, in what was the office versus the home office, right? These are the challenges and you know perceptions we need to manage now. So the delivering services in a corporate environment is a lot more complex than somebody using them at home. I think another challenge I see, especially with larger enterprises or where there's been mergers and acquisitions, or maybe even a, say, a weak central IT standards body, you know, every business unit can buy what they want. A single company might have multiple platforms deployed. And, you know, you think if one is good, well, three is better. <laughs> uh, i got Teams, Zoom, and WebEx in the same location. But one of the things that breaks with that is, I'll say, the foundations of great communication and collaboration, and that's presence. Knowing what the status is of someone I'm trying to reach so that I you know, reach out to them the right way. Uh, if presence is broken and it looks like they're free and they're not, they're actually maybe in another meeting with another platform and I can't see that, I'm calling them in the middle of their meeting. 
Uh, and that's that's just a terrible experience. It's something else I think that we have to look out for, you know, as we move into 2022 and beyond. Yeah, and another thing is just the the behaviors have changed so much. So we saw 400% growth of video in the first few months of the pandemic across our customer base, some as high as 1200% growth, right? It's insane the amount of growth we've had just in video usage, which is much higher bandwidth requirements and most Wi-Fi networks and offices and bandwidth at the office hasn't been planned for. We have one customer who went from 65 million minutes of video in Jan 21 to 94 million minutes of video in Jan 2022. So that's nearly 50% growth after the huge growth we had in 2020. So I don't think video is going anywhere. So you're going to have to do what you can to not just bandwidth, right? Bandwidth isn't the hardest thing in the world to figure out, but also that you have the right devices. When people show up at the office and they don't have a camera or the camera they have is kind of junk, right? Maybe they have a built-in or maybe they have some old, old camera or maybe they have something that just doesn't look good. And there's a lot to, you know, how you feel when you're on screen and your own personal appearance being reflected back to you. And if you don't look good, that's going to, that's going to create a little bit of an issue for a person as well. So you really do have to focus on making sure when, pe- when people come back in the office, they have a good video experience and they have the things they need for video and, and for the rest of their collaboration that they're used to having at home, or, you know, they'll probably be really unhappy about coming back and maybe make their employment decisions on that. You make a good point, Kevin, because again, it comes back to user habits as, as well, right? Because obviously users now have been working from home or remotely for such a long time now. But, you know, they expect to use video now. They expect it to work. And as soon as they come back in the office now, right, if they're not going to get that same experience, then they're going to stop using it or, you know, they're going to be unhappy. And that's not the scenario you want to be in. You want to make sure that the experience is just as good, if not better, than when they're at home. And that's the challenge we all have to deal with now. I just love this discussion. I mean, you have really widened my horizons as far as the challenges that, uh, you know, having great communication and, and collaboration. I know we focus mostly on communication here, but as we come back to hybrid office, what are the challenges we may be facing? So uh, maybe you can share some tips, you know, enterprises, heads of IT, business leaders, as they're listening, what should they be doing, thinking about to ensure that they have a great communication experience for their employees looking ahead? I'll go first, Kevin, if you want. I think the key ones from my side is right-sizing of the what was the corporate network, right? So there may be there may be a need to look at how the corporate network's connected to the internet, you know, how you can address it, proxy servers, firewalls, localized breakout. All of that needs to be done ahead of users at scale returning to the office because that is going to be paramount to the experience. I think another thing to factor in, Kevin's already alluded to this, is around using certified devices, you know, not sitting in an echoey room or using the certified device that can help manage the echo and make sure your audio is very good. Because again, you, you might look fine on video, but if you don't sound very well, then again, what's the point, right? It's not going to be adopted because people aren't going to hear what you're talking about. They're not going to be able to understand you. So to me, it's all around devices and right-sizing of that corporate network. Yeah, and I, I'd add in, you know, right-sizing the network's really important, like on a, a- preemptive point of view, but continuing to monitor it and and having the right analytics in place wherever you're getting them, that's critical, right? Are you seeing things trend up and trend down? Are you seeing config drift causing problems? That's a big deal for networks still. Again, the codecs are better than they've ever been, and they're still not perfect, and users can still have a bad experience. Or you can use a, a lousy device, whether it's a video camera or a headset, and then you sound bad. We, we have customers that have glass offices that are cement floors and glass walls everywhere and real low cubes, and they're just echo chambers. So you have to get the right device in the hands of the user to 
not only make it so the person on the far end can hear them and understand them, otherwise, what's the point of the call, but also make it so the user's not having a bad experience there. You know, a, a single ear wired device, maybe they're really unhappy with that. So find the right things for your users to use and then proactively monitor it. You know, we've got a lot of AI and ML investment in our, in our platforms like PowerSuite, where we're focusing on finding problems that are being presented, that the users experience and presenting them proactively to IT to try and help the problems from occurring later, try and resolve them before it's a, a, a mass issue. But as you're bringing people back and you're scaling up offices, you'll have to be ready to react quickly to not only the, the IT problems that are going to occur or potentially going to occur, but just the user experience problems. And you know, even keeping an eye on wellness and having a feedback loop with your users is going to be critical to make sure they're happy. Well, you have been listening to two of my favorite experts as they are sharing their observations on the communication side of unified communication and collaboration. We've talked about the future. We've looked at how great communication can make a difference to the enterprise. We've talked about some pitfalls that we should be avoiding. And uh, you just heard some tips that will help you be better prepared for great communication in 2022 and 2023. But uh, I'd like to invite everybody to the next episode. We're gonna focus on the second C in unified communication and collaboration, the collaboration part of things. Uh, Kevin, Glenn, can you give us a little hint as to what we might hear in that episode? Sure, so I'm gonna cover off uh, data governance and security and why we need to you know, consider securing the data and what the risks are if we don't. And I'm going to cover, uh, from a collaboration point of view, how to make sure you have the right people in the right teams and the wrong people not in them Ah, and how to do that. That sounds excellent and very enticing. So I invite all of my listeners to join us again in a couple of weeks as we focus on the collaboration side of UCNC. Thank you uh, both, Kevin and Glenn, for your time today. Thank you, Weston. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks. Talk soon. You have been listening to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening. 